This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Happy Tuesday, July 19th, 2022. Hi, Jake. Hello. Uh, Yeah, we're going to talk Utah Jazz again. As more news comes out and Donovan Mitchell is still a Utah Jazz man. But will that change? Are you trusting Danny Ainge, the Utah Jazz CEO of Basketball Operations? Do you trust Danny Ainge to do the right thing for the Utah Jazz? And are the New York Knicks desperate to make a Donovan Mitchell trade? All of that is coming up. Do not forget that you can win a trip for two to see BYU in Las Vegas, taking on Notre Dame, thanks to our friends, Devery Davis and Academy Mortgage. All the details on that are coming up. But Jake, it seems like yesterday there was a... I don't know, palatable frustration or I don't know, is it is desperation the right word? It just seems like there were a lot of Utah Jazz fans yesterday who were desperate for a Donovan Mitchell trade. Yeah, I think people are losing their patience. That's what I think it is. I think that and I don't blame them to be really clear. Like I think that people are 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 tired, you know, and, and I have to say, like, I'm tired. Like I, I you know, we roll up on the show every day trying to figure out what, what's it going to be next? I mean, you know, you, you look back at, at, at the course of events and it's like, man, we, we heard, you know, Thursday that there was some great deal in place and people were working hard on it and the Jazz and the Knicks were engaged in conversations. And then you hear that, you know, the the, the Utah Jazz and the New York Knicks are, are a little bit far apart and R.J. Barrett's in the middle of it and, and there's pieces that the Utah Jazz would have to have that the Knicks are a little unwilling to give up. And so then, you know, you combine all this stuff with the Utah Jazz and Donovan Mitchell and the New York Knicks. You combine that with the Brooklyn situation and the Lakers situation, and it all kind of culminates to absolutely nothing is happening. And I can I and that's why I think people are losing their patience and are a little bit frustrated. And I and I totally level with that. I get that. Yeah, I, I think there is a there that's exactly the right way to say it. There is a significant level of frustration and there are people who want to see Donovan Mitchell traded and here's the thing that I don't understand there seems to me to be a a what's the right word like a no-win situation you're going to be upset if you trade Donovan Mitchell and you're going to be upset if you don't right so here's my question for Utah Jazz fans do you trust Danny Ainge to do the right thing do you believe that Danny Ainge is going to get the most he can get for, for Donovan Mitchell? Do you believe that the Jazz are better off trading Donovan Mitchell, getting rid of Don, if you will, versus having him on the team? I trust Danny Ainge it, it, implicitly. Like, there's nothing that I think he's going to do. Or maybe the right way to say it is there's nothing that he can do at this point to damage the Jazz. If he makes his trade with the Knicks and let's say he gets five picks and three players, that's a haul for Donovan Mitchell, yeah. who, again, I'd remind you, is coming off of a season that was not his best. So I think Danny Ainge is in a no-lose situation. No matter what he does, the Jazz are going to be in better shape today than they were at any point in the last calendar year. 
So when we go back to the draft and we go back to trades and you look at the time that Danny Ainge has put into this team since he came on board really last December full time, and you look at the moves he's made this offseason, Jake, I just don't know that Danny Ainge could have done better than he has done already. Well, and it's funny you mentioned the timeline of Danny Ainge because if you remember back, uh, you know, and for those of you who have been listening for, you know, for a while now, if you've been listening since last season, you'll know that in December or late November, we kind of started talking about the locker room situation and Rudy Gobert and that whole dynamic. And so then, you know, Danny Ainge comes on board and what do we hear? Well, we hear that the Utah Jazz and Donovan Mitchell are close. They have a great relationship. They're planning on building around Donovan Mitchell. Uh, and and now there's a lot of momentum for that still. I, I totally believe it. I think that the situation right now for Danny Ainge and the Utah Jazz is that they do plan to build around Donovan Mitchell, but if they do get some otherworldly offer that they would be stupid to refuse, they can't turn that down. I think this whole Knicks situation, to be quite honest with you, is a situation where Danny Ainge is not going to budge on the asking price. He's not going to say, well, you know, you're not willing to give up this guy, but we'll still do it. No, that's not the situation. You're asking for Donovan Mitchell. The price is the price, and, and if you're not willing to meet it, then we're not doing the deal. And and I think that, to me, is really impressive because it would be easy for Danny Ainge to sit there and be like, well, I did trade Rudy Gobert, and a lot of people think we're rebuilding, so maybe I should just trade Donovan Mitchell and go that route because that would be easy. Well, I just would never be in a hurry. Yeah. I think that's the thing that stands out to me is why would you ever rush this? Mm -hmm. Why would you ever do anything that takes you off of your timetable? You know what I mean? Like, And I just feel like the Jazz are in a really good spot now. You're in control of your finances. You feel like you have talent in-house you brought in a very good player uh from Italy this week like I mean you're doing all of these things that you feel really good about and yeah you have some issues you're gonna have to make further deals you're gonna trade Boyan Bogdanovich and Mike Conley but I think one of the real fascinating parts of this conversation is who needs this deal more do the Knicks need this deal more or do the Jazz because I don't think there's any doubt the New York Knicks need this deal and I I, I almost go to the point where I think the Knicks are desperate for a Donovan Mitchell deal. They have not had a kid from Westchester County on their roster that's a star in this league in how many years? Like, I mean, how long has it been since they have had a star guard who they can leverage and build around and that New York Knicks fans can attach themselves to? Mm -hmm. Because it, it, it has been a very long time since they've been able to, to say that about this team. And I think it goes back to the Larry Johnson, Allen Houston, you know, that generation of Nick player where you had stars you could really hold on to because for everything that, that you've tried to do there, none of that has worked out. Nate Robinson is, is no Donovan Mitchell. Right. I think if you, if you look back to the names that have been on this roster, the Starberries, the Mark Jacksons, the Walt Frazier's, that is who Donovan Mitchell can be for the New York Knicks, Jake. So I think, I actually think that the Knicks need Donovan Mitchell. I think they need this trade a heck of a lot more than the Jazz do. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and, I, and that's a beautiful thing. Like, the Jazz have options. I just think that, you know, to, to, to kind of get back to where we started, like, I do think that the that this whole situation is a slow and steady 
type situation. You're right. The Utah Jazz don't need to be in a hurry. That said, I, I think that Danny Ainge understands that the goal is to compete this season. The goal is not to be a bottom feeder competing for a number one overall pick. The goal is to retool and still be relevant in the league. And and that's why I say, you know, there there's been a lot of back and forth around whether they're going to trade him or not. And I just think that narrative and that conversation is going to be ongoing. Like it's just it's just always going to be there. But I think, you know, like if we get to camp and Don's still on the team, then I think that just gets put on pause for a while. And then maybe it gets brought back up at the deadline, maybe. I just think that you have to decide which route you're going to go at some point. Like there will come a day where Danny Ainge is going to have to put this Nick stuff to bed and say, okay, yeah, Donovan's going to be with us for at least till the deadline. And then now we got to move on to Mike and and Bogey. And I hope that day is soon. Yeah, and I I don't think there's a whole bunch of trade scenarios out there for Donovan Mitchell. I really don't. I think that if the Jazz want to move Donovan Mitchell, they'll move him to the Knicks. Mm -hmm. I think that's it. I I just don't see that there's an offer in a one-off situation like, I could see a larger deal if if Brooklyn decides they are, in fact, going to trade Kevin Durant, um, which I think is fascinating. You said something today that was makes a lot of sense. Like, it's been three weeks since he demanded a trade. Three and weeks? nothing has happened. And according to NBA sources, nothing has been close to happening uh, with Kevin Durant. So I think if there's a larger 3-4 team deal that happens, sure, I could see Donovan Mitchell going out in that deal. I don't see him at all going to Miami. Like, I don't see any way that Miami is able to make a trade with the Jazz to acquire Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. That's going to have to be a three or four team deal. And and, and I know we had this huge debate over Tyler Hero on the show yesterday. (laughs) With all due respect, Tyler Hero doesn't even move the needle for Danny Ainge. Right? And he's a a good player. He is not a star, in my opinion. I, I just... I don't see Tyler Hero as a max player, right? Yeah. So I don't think there's a deal to be done with Miami. I I just don't. Yeah. I think when you look at who's out there actually in the market for Donovan Mitchell, it's the New York Knicks. And this is part of the problem for the Knicks. I think the Knicks are bidding against themselves. I think I think Danny Ainge is well aware that the New York Knicks need to make a trade for Donovan Mitchell. I think he is well aware that the New York Knicks want to make a trade, that Don's preference would would likely be to go to New York. I want it. All of that puts the ball in Danny Ainge's court. Yes, it does. So when we talk about whether or not the Knicks have to make a deal for for Donovan Mitchell, I actually think, yeah, they got to do everything they can do. But I don't know how you give up six picks and three players and, and then just acquire Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. I don't know how you do that if if you're the New York Knicks. I really, really don't. Yeah, and I think the Knicks have a have a pretty, you know, robust history of not, you know, setting their teams up properly. You know, whether whether it is with you know contractually speaking, whether it's in the draft, like it always seems like the Knicks come to camp with this great momentum and hey, we have a great young team and we're gonna flourish and we're gonna take next steps and they come out and they win, you know, they play six or seven hundred basketball to start the year, and then they flame out at the end of the year. And that, you know, and again, I'm not even coming from a place where I'm trying to hate on the Knicks, but if we just look over the track record, that's pretty much what they've been. And and so I think for the Knicks you know, in this whole Donovan Mitchell, Utah Jazz situation, you're just trying to change the narrative with your team a bit here. You're trying to say, okay, we really haven't had like a bona fide star on this team in, 
in in a minute. Like I like I know, hey, Kemba Walker was on the team. Like we've had some names, but Donovan Mitchell is a star in this league, man. And 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 I yeah, and even and I think the furthermore, the other question is if you if you acquire Donovan Mitchell, but you have to give up all that all that you know pick capital and all and all and players and whatever it looks like. Are you even a playoff team? Because I got news for you. Donovan Mitchell and nobody else in this league is carrying a team to the postseason on their own. That's not how the league works anymore. You know, so that's why I say, like, if you're the Knicks, I think that's the problem. You can't do a Donovan deal and give up all these guys and expect good things to happen. Where does that leave you if you acquire Donovan Mitchell and you have no more assets? You have no more capital. You don't have other players. That's the problem. And I don't know... I don't know how they view that, but what I can tell you is I think Danny Ainge is an absolute savage in these situations. Like well, I think he's not he, he's stubborn. But let's have a real direct conversation about this. Yeah. Is Danny Ainge asking for too much? Like what is what is in your opinion at the at the end of the day? Yeah. Do the Utah Jazz trade Donovan Mitchell. No, I don't think they trade Donovan Mitchell right now. I, 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 in my opinion, the way I think it works out is talks will continue. They will continue to go back and forth, and we'll continue to hear rumors and oh man, they're close, and then they're far away. Like it'll just keep going. But I think what what will happen is he Donovan Mitchell will be a Jazz man for for camp and for the first half of the year. And then I think this is a this is a situation where maybe if Don has a big year, if he comes out and he and he's balling and he's putting up numbers. Then I could see, hey, maybe other teams in the league are more interested now. Maybe there's maybe there's more demand for Donovan Mitchell, and then there's a deal that gets done. But I just don't see any point for the Knicks to trade Donovan Mitchell when they're going to get everything taken from them. That just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I, I think, I think if we're truth telling on this situation, I think Danny H is asking for too much in return from for from the Knicks for Donovan Mitchell. I think he's asking for too much. But why would you ask for a penny less than what he's asking for? Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I think a lot of people have trouble understanding. Like, why would you at any level ask for anything less than Danny Ainge is requesting? You wouldn't. That You know that the Knicks really don't have other avenues to acquire Donovan Mitchell. Like, they have to deal with you directly. So that ups your leverage. And I think when you look at the Knicks fan base – they're thirsty to win, and they're thirsty to win now. And I think that ups your leverage. Mm-hmm. All of this talk about the relationship with Leon Rose and CAA, where Leon used to be the head of basketball, and you look at Donovan Mitchell, who is represented by Ty Sullivan at CAA, and the relationship, that ups the value for Donovan Mitchell. Then you look at, hey, Westchester County kid wants to be a Nick. That ups the value mm-hmm. on Donovan Mitchell. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't ask for the moon. But if I'm the Knicks, and if we're telling the truth on the New York Knicks, should the New York Knicks be giving up a minimum of five play, uh, five picks and three players? Hell no, they should not. Yeah, The Knicks should not do this deal, desperate or not. And again, I I, I hate to, to word it that way, but desperate or not, the Knicks should not do this deal, but I think they have to. I think they have to. Yeah. Because you have a guy in Leon Rose, and and I think Leon's done a, a good job this offseason. I think the Knicks are in a good position to compete, but they're a Donovan Mitchell short of being a, a legitimate playoff contender, a mid-table playoff team, top five playoff team in the Eastern Conference 
if Donovan Mitchell's on your roster with R.J. Barrett and with Jalen Brunson, you're a top five playoff team. So I think you have to make this deal. I think you have to do that because the worst case scenario is you're just the same old Knicks yep. where you don't make this deal and you lose and you're not a top five team and you're just another also ran and you spend all this money on Jalen Brunson and RJ Barrett now is going to get a max extension. Big and, contracts, losing seasons. Yeah, and, and you just have all this money going out the door and nothing to show for it. Yeah. That's who the Knicks have always been. And I think if you're Leon Rose and if you are, you know, if you're trying to turn things around at the Garden, Donovan Mitchell is probably the right guy to do that. And the the bigger question is, let's say you give up five first-round picks and three of your best young players and you lose. But you have Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, you know, you have that group of guys. Yeah. Can you truly, as a Nick fan, turn around and fault Leon Rose for that? I don't know that you can. I mean, I think going for it and getting getting a guy like Donovan Mitchell and losing is better than not going for it, doing bad money yes. and losing. You know, yes. I think I think, you know, at least at that standpoint, you're selling jerseys, your your ticket sales are gonna go up. Like from a business perspective, it makes sense that way. But I just I think the thing is, like, like if you were saying to Knicks fans, you know, hey, the Utah Jazz are going to trade you Kevin Durant for all these, all, all these assets, Knicks fans wouldn't have any heartburn over it. They'd be like, yep, do it in a second. I think the problem here, and this is no shade on Don, I just think it's the reality of the situation, like... Donovan Mitchell's not Kevin Durant, and and there's only one Kevin Durant in in the league, you know. So so there's no replacing the value that Kevin Durant's name and ability gets him in those type of deals. And so for Nick fans, I think the trouble is like, hey, can Don actually do this? Can Don is he worth the asking price? So I think if you're on the Knicks side of the table, there's a a ton more to consider versus being Danny Ainge in the Utah Jazz saying, hey. We're not looking to trade Donovan Mitchell, but if you want to roll up the Brinks truck and put a couple players on it to give us for Donovan Mitchell, basically put an offer together that we can't refuse, then we're going to listen. And that's why I say, with all these rumors, with everything going on in the league, or frankly not going on in the league, that's why people are losing their patience yes. and they're burned out. Because we don't have action. We have reports and sourcing and rumors that's the problem yeah and i i think the the update from yesterday for those of you just tuning in the show as we talk about the very latest on donovan mitchell uh and the utah jazz their trade situation with the new york knicks um i was told yesterday the knicks and the jazz talked um there was no progress it was a short conversation Danny Ainge is unwilling to come off of his ass for Donovan Mitchell, and the Knicks are unwilling to, to pay the current asking price, and there are no conversations scheduled in the future. Now, does that mean that the Knicks and the Jazz won't talk about this again? No, it does not. I think they will talk about this well, again. Let's talk about it. I'm a good listener. Right? Like, I think that there's going to be conversations had. Does that mean that, that they're closer to a trade today? I don't actually think they are. And I think this fits into the narrative that, that we've been hearing from our Jazz sources that the Jazz are not out there shopping Donovan Mitchell wanting to trade him. The Jazz are willing to listen if you're going to back up a Brinks truck for them. Yeah. If you're going to give them six picks and three very young, talented players, you're going to get a conversation. But the problem is that doesn't mean that the Knicks or anybody else – 
is willing to pay that price. And the other thing is, if you're a Jazz fan, one thing you need to consider is how many teams out there can actually make this deal? I think the Knicks are really the only team that can make this deal mm -hmm. because the other part of this equation is Donovan Mitchell has not now or at any time asked to be traded. So it's not like the, the Jazz are just out there throwing it out, trying to find the best deal they can get. And then it's an afterthought. Of course, they're going to no. It's not like that. The Jazz are not out in the marketplace shopping Donovan Mitchell. The Jazz will listen if you have a Brinks truck and it's full of first-round picks and talented young players, call Danny Ainge. He'll listen to your offer. Mm -hmm. But I just don't think that that's the current situation. And I certainly don't think that there's a dozen teams that can make that phone call. I think it's one, and I think it's the New York Knicks. And I also think, again, not to be redundant, that drives Donovan Mitchell's value right through the roof. Yeah, do you see how in that situation the Jazz the, the Jazz have all the leverage in these conversations with the Knicks? Like, what what do the Knicks have on the Utah Jazz to 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 build leverage? You're the Knicks are the only team that can do the deal, right? Like the Jazz are not looking to trade Donovan Mitchell. Like w that's the problem here. It's not a level playing field. So that's why I say, and I'm going to continue to keep saying it. And if they trade him. The day that happens, like, I'll be happy to, to take heat over it or whatever we do in the comments. Like, I just don't think that right now the the landscape is suitable to trade him. I don't think that it's set up properly to get a deal done because the Utah Jazz are just asking for the moon, and there's only one team that wants him right now that bad, and that's the Knicks. There's only one team with a, a space shuttle rocket ship yeah. thing, and it's Elon. Yeah, and and, he's and stuff and everything, you know? For Donovan Mitchell. Elon. Yeah, Elon. You know? All right, let's get your thoughts in here. First one in, Neville93. Um, good morning to you, sir. I want to thank Greg Hawkins. Your uh, $5 tip this morning is uh, greatly appreciated. Greg says, love the show. No, Greg, the show loves you. Greg, when are you coming back to the state, man? When are we going to hang out? When are we going to chop it up? Yeah. Let's go, man. You guys, if you want to kick it, we'll flow. Greg is uh, a Utah native who is in the Philippines because he's a big-time actor and TV star, and he happens to listen to the show. Uh, BB says, Danny has done better than I thought he would. He got more for Rudy, and I literally uh, and literally broke the NBA market. It's amazing. Yeah. Yes, he did. And yes, I think that's also playing a role in the Donovan Mitchell conversation with the Knicks. Hey, this is what we got for Rudy. Well, hey, if you got that for Rudy, what is it for Don? Yeah. What is it for KD? Yep. Peter Brown says, good morning, Neverland. Wonder what today might bring. Yeah. Don't ask. Seriously. Don't ask. BB says, uh, it does make you wonder when or if we are trading Conley anytime soon. It doesn't. I think that business around the NBA has been stuck. And one of the things I find so interesting, and I would love your comments on this, by the way, because I think, and I almost hesitate to do it. <laughs> but I have to ask a question. What the hell are the L.A. Lakers doing? Did you guys hear this thing yesterday where Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron James apparently had a three-way phone call? Whoa. Where they, what? Whoa. What? what? Yes, Whoa, yes, yes, yes. They bro. had a three-way phone call. Yes, yes, yes. Where they, where they got together and they said... We love each other and their solidarity. And we're going to stick it out and do what's best for the three of us. After the street closed Davis. Which is to tell Russell Westbrook, hey, bro, you suck. That's out of the window. That's what would be best for the Lakers. Yeah. What are the Lakers doing? In all of these offseason conversations that we've had, right, 
We've talked about Brooklyn, the Knicks, the Jazz, the Bulls, the Hawks, your mom. like Lucas' we, mom. We've talked about them all. Yeah. Right? What are the Lakers doing? You still haven't made the Kyrie deal, which I'm a little surprised about. I thought that deal was a no-brainer. You still have not made the Houston trade that's no longer available because John Wall plays across the hall for the Clippers now. And he's talking junk right? on you. Like, you had all these opportunities to improve the ball club, and the Lakers have not done that. So I ask again, what the hell are the L.A. Lakers doing? You guys are idiots. I, seriously, I am starting to wonder if Rob Palenka is the right guy for that job, and it's an incredibly difficult job. It, the bar in L.A. is championship, or you're not very good but at this. But you know that when you sign up. You like, do. you know that. You do, but the Russell Westbrook situation in particular, I think, has been so poorly handled. Now, it started when you allowed LeBron James to go and handpick yeah, Russell Westbrook to, to come in and shoot bricks off the backboard, agreed. right? Agreed. But you have to unload that situation. And I think when you look at, you know, again, Danny Ainge is a great example of this. When you look at what Danny Ainge is doing with the Jazz, he's righting the prior regime's wrongs. Quickly. Trading Rudy Gobert, unloading bad salary, getting your financial house in order. How are the Jazz outmaneuvering the Lakers? Well, come on, let's go, Schlepprock. Well, because the Lakers have a much higher bar. The expectation is much, much higher. You cannot miss the playoffs again with this payroll and this roster. So every move you make is far more magnified in Los Angeles than it is in Salt Lake City. Right. And I totally get that. But you have to do something other than nothing. You have to move Russell Westbrook off your books. And I don't care... How many, you know, circle, jerk, tea bag stuff that LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook have? Yeah. I don't care if they're best friends, right? The three best friends anyone could have, yeah, yeah trade his ass. That's what you're doing with Russell Westbrook or yep. apparently not doing, Jake. I think these are desperate times for the LA Lakers. Yeah, and I just think that that you know you you talking about that bar and them you know that that's the standard they have to live up to because yeah. it's the Lakers. That I mean that makes your life difficult. But I think this concept of of hey we're gonna bring in you know we're basically gonna get rid of Frank Vogel we're gonna scapegoat him we're gonna bring in Darvin Ham Darvin Ham's gonna do media availability and say he's got some plan. For Russell Westbrook, and, yep. and basically we're going to turn the media cycle and make it so that keeping Westbrook is palatable. They're not moving him. If they wanted to move him, he'd have been gone. They're not moving him. They're we'll bringing see. him back. They want to have. They want to have uh, 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 essentially a hey. This is this didn't work out last year, but there were some factors that went into it. LeBron's going to have some great year, which is why he was out at the Drew. That's what they're doing, man. Like I and and again, I I'm not saying it's right that they're doing that. I'm just telling you. That's clearly what they're doing. And by the way, who would be surprised if Russ came out and bricked some more shots and they traded him at the deadline? I wouldn't be surprised yeah, at I, all. I, we'll see. I think the Lakers are in a really precarious situation because yeah. they are they are teetering on irrelevance. And it's, uh, it's not often you say that the Lakers are irrelevant in the NBA. If they don't compete at the top of the Western Conference this year, they're going to be irrelevant. I mean, the Clippers right now are better than you by a lot. Like, we need to be on the same page about yeah, that. Yeah, and I, I think one of the interesting things is Jaden Carrera says the Lakers will probably be a top six team in the Western Conference. Well, but is that your job as the L.A. Lakers? I, I don't think that's your job. That doesn't pass the bar in L.A., especially when you have USC football that's arguably the number one story in that town when you have the LA Dodgers winning World Series championships and competing for others mm -hmm. when when you have 
really good athletics happening in that town, and you are not part of that. I think that is a huge, huge problem and if you you're the LeBron, Lakers. you have LeBron, bro. You and have the, LeBron James. By the way, we haven't even mentioned that that's more and more and more and more every day becoming an L.A. Rams town. They just oh, won man. the Super Bowl. You have USC moving to the 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 Big Ten and Lincoln Riley. And how and did the Rams Caleb do it, Williams. though? How did the Rams do it, though? And this is really important. The Rams did it by making major changes and not being loyal to Jared Goff. That's where all that started. And, yeah, and that's I, very similar to what I think the Lakers have to do. I think there's a real chance the Lakers end up at the bottom of the totem pole if they don't trade Russell Westbrook. And in L.A., and trust me, having lived there and worked there for over a decade, trust me when I say, if you are not winning, you are irrelevant. You are behind You are behind the Emmys. You are behind Hollywood. You are behind the beach. You are behind Venice. Like, to be relevant in L.A., you have to win. Look at USC. When they have sucked for the last 10 years, the Coliseum's been empty. Yep. They And you look at the Rams. The Rams are winning. That stadium is full. They're selling gear. They're, I mean, they are the talk of the town. Yeah, L.A. is a bandwagon town. Let's yes. make no mistake about it. Because, because nobody's from L.A. Everybody just lives yeah. there. Yeah. So you have to win at a high level, no doubt. Uh, and NY Jazz fan, good morning to you, sir. He gives us a $1.99 tip. Thank he you. He says, pure facts and comedy, great company for a road trip. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Uh, Kanai Johnson says, the Clippers will always be the Lakers' little brother. Well. But, but I, so, so. I agree with that sentiment as far as the brand is concerned. Like the Lakers branding and heritage and, and Kobe and, and and magic and like everything you've done in the big picture, sure. Right now, the Lakers are not the big brother. The Lakers are frankly, in my opinion, not to be harsh, but it's a little embarrassing what's happening for the it Lakers. Is. Like it's not good enough. Well, and I think you better understand where the Clippers are. You you can I I think you gotta understand where the Clippers are. The Clippers are building a new arena. The Clippers have a new practice facility. The Clippers are leaving Crypto.com Arena, Staples Center, and they're going to win a championship. My guess is because you would think that you would get Kawhi, Paul George, and John Wall healthy together on the floor. You would think mm -hmm. that that would happen. And then you got Reggie coming off the bench where he should be. Like <laughs> if that happens, they're going to, they're going to win the West. If those guys stay healthy, if they play 70 games together in the regular season, they go into the playoffs capable. Yes. The Clippers are the best team in the Western conference. I, I don't even think most people would argue that if they're healthy and if they're healthy and Steve Ballmer gets his billions of dollars and activates it, forget it. I'm telling you, they are, they are a, they are a real Real handful. Good morning, Tanner Plummer. I laugh my head off if the Lakers miss the playoffs again. It's embarrassing, dude. It, it really is. And, and I under, and I and I'm not saying that that's a that's a silly comment. I mean, I think I think a lot of us would be laughing. I just yes. I just I don't. I'm tired of hearing LeBron is in the greatest Laker of all time conversation because he ain't he's close. Not. He ain't close, bro. He, he ain't close. He, he's not. Uh, Zyman says, "Love me some crappy Laker teams." Indeed. Kanai says, uh, Mrs. Buss said that they paid too much in luxury tax not to make the playoffs. Exactly right. Are we clear on Exactly that? right. I, I think, you It's know. true. Tanner says, LA is a bandwagon town. Facts, Jake. It is. It is. It is. Um, Jesus Christ destroys Marxism, says Los Angeles is a sewer of fakes, true facts. Uh, 
No, it's not. Actually, Los Angeles is a great town. It, it I, I love LA. I love Southern California. I, I understand most people in Utah hate it. I'm telling you. I don't think it's a bad town. No. I just think from a, from a sports perspective, like you have to understand the landscape in LA. Like, yeah, sure. Are there people who grew up in LA, were born there, raised there, yes. like, yeah. and, and they have their teams? Yeah, absolutely. But I think, I think LA is mostly a bandwagon town. And again, I don't think that that has to be a negative thing. I, I was more just saying that you have to understand that when the Clippers are good, yeah, they're probably going to have more people in their building than the Lakers. Like, that's and, just how it works. And the Rams and Chargers are going to be good this year. Yeah, and is going to be yeah. good this year. You, I, it's The Dodgers are already good this year. Yeah. I mean, you have the All-Star game at Dodger Stadium. And don't forget, I know I know it's the Angels, but with Otani and everything they have going, like, they're, they get, they're getting attention. Like, there's a lot happening there. Yeah, it, and... And when the Lakers are the best team in the NBA, there's no better there's no better town than Agreed. LA. But when they're terrible the way they were last year, that is an unforgiving place. Unforgiving. NY Jazz fan says all reasons why you can't let LeBron run your front office. Amen to that. Yeah, that's their biggest mistake. And I think that's spot on. I mean, Amen you can't, to that. You can't have you can't have LeBron forcing you to go and get Russ. That no. just isn't going to get it done. No. Uh, let's see. Brett Robbins says, any chance that Jazz take a shot on Tyreek Evans? I would not. I I, I mean, I, I guess Danny could, but w what's the upside there? I mean, he's been – Tyreek Evans has been on a drug suspension. Yeah. He I, hasn't yeah. played in the league in years now. Like, I – that's a guy who should have been an MVP and just wasn't – Flamed wasn't, out. Wasn't, never was, you know. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, the Clippers rise happened at the beginning of the Warriors dynasty. It did. It did. I mean, time, timing's everything. But this latest incarnation of the Clippers, I mean, until Joe Ingles shoved Kawhi Leonard and tore his knee, um, the Clippers were probably going to win the Western Conference last year. Yeah. I mean, it. They, they they were on their way. You know, like it is, it's interesting. Hey, good morning to you. I believe the Clippers roster is a very good roster. However, if Golden State's new younger players can give positive minutes, I believe Golden State are favorites for the Western Conference. Oh, right Agreed. now today, I don't think there's any doubt. The Clippers, the biggest issue with the Clippers is you have to figure out, you know, what is Kawhi Leonard? What is Paul George? Where does John Wall fit into this? Like, how does how does that Clipper roster come together? Especially because guys like Hartenstein aren't going to be there this year. Mm -hmm. You know, you you really invested heavily in Avica Zubats now um, as your big, and you you just have to figure out how all that comes together because money's never going to be the issue there. It's going to be, in my opinion, chemistry and the ability to keep your best players healthy, which I guess is what you could say for everybody, but. When you look at the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George as a tandem is savage. I mean, yeah, it's really difficult. Two of the to best two-way players in the league. It's and it's and I think, frankly, it it's what the Knicks, it's what the Heat, it's what the Hawks, it's what it's what everybody's trying to do. You know, like you look at Minnesota. Minnesota has invested heavily in building around Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. You know, you bring in a guy like Rudy Gobert, you spent money, but that doesn't always equate to winning. Yeah. Like you look at where Minnesota falls in the Western Conference, when we're talking about the best, or I'm sorry, Jake, you said they play. Yeah, you know, did you guys know that Minnesota's in the East? I did, couldn't did, let that did, go. Did you, did you guys know that? I mean, I, I, if you I missed didn't it know the that. other day, Jake misspoke and said Minnesota was in the Eastern Conference, and nobody's let him forget that, especially <laughs> me. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Kawhi. The yeah. point is, if you look at the West, yeah. Like, if you had to pick a team to win the Western Conference right now. The Warriors, no doubt. I think they have young talent. I think Steph Curry's 
you know, playing the best uh, minutes of his career right now. But I think that's, so that's the thing. Like, I think, you know, if you said to me, hey, like the Clippers have Kawhi and Paul George, they're both healthy and they have John Wall playing at pace, like getting easy transition buckets. Like, I think that, that they're, they're a team to be reckoned with. And, And again, the other thing that I, that I would point out is Luca's got to figure out what he's what he's going to be for this team. Like you you can't he's got to evolve from just being able to put up 40 in a game to putting up 40 and pulling his team across the line. That's the thing he's got to figure out. Uh, thanks to Joshua Shipton, who gives us a $1.99 tip. Joshua, thanks for being here. Uh Brooke Fleming says, of course, LOL, the man that are the man that always has now Boston got rid of him lol I don't understand that I don't understand that James Knight good morning to you if you ask Don what team he wants to be traded to surely it's one of the New York teams right if so don't they have leverage being aware of that I think if Donovan Mitchell today had his druthers my guess would be he'd pick Miami that's just my guess he spends a ton of time there um, and I think Miami's closer to a championship every day than Brooklyn or, or yeah, I don't, New York. Dude, I don't think Donovan wants to go to a situation where he's going to lose, man, where he's going to be on a terrible team and, and it's like him and just everybody else. He's already got that right now, frankly, yeah. respectfully. Like, he already had me and everybody else, and yeah, they were good and they were playoff contenders or whatever, but he's not. he doesn't want to go to the Knicks and be a bottom feeder but in the Eastern Conference. The, the Jazz were good and were playoff contenders. I mean, Donovan's got Donovan right, and maybe not right now because we need to see where we are a month from now. But yeah. Donovan Mitchell's got a better situation in Utah than New York has on paper right now. Today, let's see what happens in a month because I think a month from now the Knicks are probably going to be in a better situation, right? Mm-hmm. If if the Jazz roll out today, what's their biggest issue? Well, they're going to have trouble rim protecting because you don't currently have a big that's proven, right? So you would think that they would add a big uh, on some level. Uh, uh, you know, hey, maybe they make a trade and they end up with a Miles Turner or they bring back a Hassan Whiteside. Like, yeah. right? Maybe they do that. But if they do any of that and you go, you roll out with, and let's just pretend, because it's not going to happen, but let's just pretend the Jazz were to roll out with the roster that they have now. If it's Don, Mike, Bogey, and a big, I think you're fine. You have Jordan Clarkson. Like, I think you're fine. Yeah. You have a, a Jared Vanderbilt. You have a Malik Beasley. You have a Patrick Beverly. Like, you've got enough pieces to go out and contend and win probably six, seven, eight in the Western Conference. I think you can do that. Because, yeah. again, I think at the, the at the top of the West, you're looking at the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Lakers, the Clippers. Phoenix has to be there. Phoenix, thank you. Phoenix, Minnesota. Like, you're looking at all these teams at, at, at the top of the West. It's simply just a matter of, where the Jazz slot in, because I think when you look at the Western Conference standings, this conference is could be legitimately eight teams deep. Yeah. How good is Memphis this year? Right? Like, we don't know the answer to that question. Like, what is what what does Keegan Murray do? Like, is Sacramento actually a playoff team? You know, you how have, much of a problem is Houston? Well not that they're not that they're gonna contend, but how much of a problem are they? I don't know that they are a I don't know that they are a playoff team. I, I, I'm not sure about that. And it's, that's my thing. Like I think that that I'm not saying that Houston's gonna contend for the top of the conference, certainly. I just am saying like they obviously have a lot of young talent. They were they were yeah. they showed the ability to beat anybody on any given night. Now they lost most nights, but they, they made it tough. I mean again, not to go back to a pain point, but you know, look no further than that than than the Rudy moment against Christian Wood, and they go to overtime, and they got to claw their way to that win. Like 
you or Houston is getting better, and I think that Houston is going to lose games on tactics and not executing. But eventually, that's going to go away, and all that young talent is going to start winning ball games. And I'm just curious when you have a conference that's eight teams deep as far as the playoffs are concerned, and then your bottom feeders are really good for by bottom feeder standards. Like that's why it's tough. That's why I say like the Utah Jazz. <clears throat> I, if you said to me, "Hey, we're going to be in the play-in, and then we're going to lose in the first round," I don't think that that's uh, too far from the truth right now. Like, no. I think that that's a pretty realistic expectation. Well, I think if you look at the West, here are the playoff teams I think this coming season. Yeah. I think the Lakers, the Clippers, Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State, Dallas, Denver, Minnesota. Here's where we get really interesting. How good's been, how good is uh, New Orleans? Mm. New Orleans with a Zion Williamson playing, let's say he plays 35 games. <laughs> I think they're a playoff team. Wait, did, did you just, hold on. Did you just say, let's say Zion plays 35 games? Yeah, I think Fatass plays probably 35 games. <laughs> Why? What? Why is that funny? Because, dude, he needs to come back and play a full season. 35 it, games? It's Zion Williamson. What the hell? He farts and pulls a muscle. <laughs> come on, man. Are you kidding me? Okay, fat-ass Zion Williamson, 35 games. Okay, okay. And then I think Sacramento and Portland are probably the, the 9-10 play-ins. Where are the Jazz? I think they're uh, I think they're on the the outside looking in right now. Man, you think? Well, yeah, I guess right now, yeah. I think right now today they're on the outside looking in. Yeah. What, are they, what do you get for Boyan and, and Conley? I'm telling you that this conference is ten teams, eleven teams deep. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a le legit every, and this is why I say like when we talk to like Eric and Raleigh's a huge Golden State Warrior fan. When we talk Warrior basketball, they're gonna be at the top of the the tree. But do you know how hard it is to stay there? Well, do you know how hard it is not to trade Russell Westbrook and think you're going to be a playoff team? I said a I didn't say a championship contender. I said a flipping playoff team. Yeah. Do you know how deep the Western Conference is? Do you know how much better New Orleans is going to be? Do you know how much better Memphis is going to be? Do you know how much better Denver is going to be? They added Contavious Caldwell Pope, and they're getting MPJ and Jamal Murray back. And they have the MVP. And, and, and. And there's conversation that they're looking to move Aaron Gordon to add to the team. I mean, there's so, there's so much more depth in the West today than there was when the season ended. Yeah. It's crazy, man. So when I look at, when I that's why I say when I look at the Knicks, if I'm the Knicks, I'm savage mode, bro. I'm all in. Get me done. Let's go try and win now. Yes, because, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, 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 Mrs. Wilson. Because when I look at the East, Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, Philly are all very good teams. But they can be had. Chicago is a playoff team. Is Brooklyn a playoff team? Yes. I don't know. Yeah, I, they, I, I think they are. If Kevin Durant and Kyrie are still there, they are. But other, can you say that with any certainty? Oh, well, I mean, I think that I, so this is the thing. So, you know, not to go backwards here, but I think that every day that goes by, the odds go up that the three of them are there. Like, honestly, would anybody right now today, would anybody be surprised if nothing happened in that situation? I, I, would I be wouldn't stunned. be stunned. I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be stunned dude, if Kyrie Irving was dude, still a if, Brooklyn net. Dude, if that deal was going to happen, it would have happened. Like, honestly, 
I like, don't see. I don't think so. And I, this, see, I think this is a really important conversation. I don't think that there, that you can say that without a doubt that if a Kyrie Irving Laker deal was to happen, it would have happened already. I don't think so. Well, I don't know what we're waiting for. Then, I, th- because, I think you're because, waiting to see who's growing Titans first. Dude, Brooklyn, That's what you're Brooklyn waiting for. needs to make the Kyrie deal to make the Kevin Durant deal happen. So, it feels like that. So, and all of this conversation in Lakerland about how they're relevant and they're embarrassing, what are we talking about? The Lakers are in control, as they always are. And that's why I say, like, it, it's just a frustrating thing because you you have one team holding up, seemingly holding up the rest of the league. Now, obviously, we're not sitting in front offices. We don't, we don't know exactly what's happening. But when you look at the lay of the land— you know Brooklyn has to make that Kyrie deal to, to move cap space and make things flexible so they can move Kevin Durant and do a do an 87 team deal like like when you know that they need to do that right, Jake uh, just like Minnesota plays in the east uh, yeah. there, there What's are motherfuckers there yeah. are, there aren't 87 teams Oh damn Oh, my bad. Okay, sorry. There's not 87 teams in no, the NBA. No, I guess not. My bad. Sorry. Sorry. Um, uh, you know. You know. Yeah, my bad. Uh, let's see. Dirty Dancer says, East is tougher than the West. Oh, please. Hell no. Come on. All right, Dirty Dancer, let's do this. Hell no. Uh, how, many, how many of these teams are playoff teams? Um, Orlando. No. Detroit. No. Indiana. Mm. Probably not. Washington. Yes. You think Washington's yes. a playoff team? Yes. Really? Uh, the New York Knicks? No. Charlotte? Yes. Okay, there's two. Cleveland? Cleveland. Yes, they're a playoff Three. team. Atlanta? Yes. Four. Brooklyn? I say yes, but... Five. Chicago? Yes. Six. Toronto? Yes. Seven. Philly? Yes. Eight. Milwaukee? Yes. Nine. Boston? Yeah. Ten. Miami? Yeah. Eleven. So I don't think I think there's legit ten in the East. But but the conversation isn't whether those teams are gonna like. Uh, to me, the conversation is if you put if you put you know if you put Philly in the West, what do they look like? If you put you know any of these teams like put Giannis in the West, what does that look like for him? I think the Western Conference. I, I with all due respect to Dirty Dancer, I think the Western Conference is way better. I mean, who's the best team in the West right now? It's probably Golden State. They're better than Miami. But Memphis can, could be pretty much anybody in the East. Memphis could handle basically anybody in the East. Is Memphis better than... Memphis is better than Philly, in my opinion. How does Memphis match up with Milwaukee? Um, Yeah, that's an interesting one. That would... that Yeah. I, I, I think the conversation of how do you match up against Giannis is a challenge for every team. But I think when you talk about Memphis matching up with Milwaukee overall, I think they match up fine. I think they're a younger team. I think they get out and run. I think they're very skilled and they're mature now. Like, I think you're in good place. Yeah. Do you, do you, yeah. What do you make of Charlotte? Do you trust Charlotte to be? Yeah. I think Charlotte's moving in the right direction. I think LaMelo Ball has shown that he can be. So you do believe in LaMelo Ball? I do. Yeah. I think that, I think that he will grow a bit mentally. uh, And I think that the, you know, the the high-energy, razzle-dazzle, highlight-reel guy. The, the Bridges situation in Charlotte is a big one. Yeah, it is. At the same time, he's Bridges facing, is replaceable, though. He's you can replace him. He's facing a heinous domestic violence charge. Yeah, but you're not paying him now. He's not going to get a deal from Charlotte. 
Um, yeah, is that a loss for their team? Absolutely. But yeah. he's not. it's not like he's the MVP of the league. You can replace him. Yep. Uh, Lou Memorabilia says, throwing first pitch in the Mets game, wearing Liberty Rangers Mets gear. Dad works for the Mets. CAA client writing on the wall. The Greenwich kid is on a New York campaign. But he can't get himself there alone. Yeah. He can't. And I think that's that's the tougher part. You know, like, I mean... I think that's the tougher part. Yeah. Eric and Raleigh says West is a meat grinder. I agree with that. Absolutely. Uh, Louis Diaz. Good morning, my friend. He says, I think Ainge is doing good. Jazz have all the leverage now. Maybe not now, but in three years, I think the Jazz will reach the Western Conference final at least. Mitchell, I think, will be an MVP contender next year. I think Donovan Mitchell will, will be a monster no matter where he goes. If he's in Utah, Donovan Mitchell has a legitimate shot to win the MVP award. If he's in New York, I think that becomes much different because expectations are different and the media will not be nice to him. I think if Donovan Mitchell comes back here, he'll get the same brown-nosing, ass-kissing treatment that the the media has always given him. Yeah. He'll get the free pass that he's gotten and I think he will he will get he he will have a massive season. He will have a 28 to 30 point a night kind of season. I think Donovan Mitchell when he straps on those those spida adidas shoes that are pretty average um don volume tens yeah right uh i no, think no 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 i think donovan mitchell's going to be a monster this year yeah i think he is going he's absolutely going to be a monster uh i just you know k Nuren says the jazz will be great a great team three to five years from now under danny totally agree totally agree uh, let's see. Uh, Mike Maple says 15 trades will happen if Durant gets moved. I would agree. I would, I would totally agree. Talking with Raphael podcast says, um, I want to see what we can get for Conley, Boyan and other players. We barely on July and the season doesn't start till October. Well, I mean the, the, that's very true. Don't forget, by the way, the euros are coming up here in August. So that's always a big time. I mean, there is time, but I, I just think that that the problem is the longer you wait, the more the pressure builds to get deals done. You know, like, so you're, you can't get to September and, you know, not have your team put together. Yeah. In my I, opinion. I'm, I am, I, I still maintain that Brooklyn does something. Kevin Durant, you, you, like, if you don't trade him, there's a level of disrespect there. So I, I think yeah. we'll we'll see what happens. Eric and Raleigh, there is no value in taking Kyrie and his ridiculous contract. Well, he's only got one year left. So it's really not that ridiculous. I mean, if you think about Kyrie's 30, I think it's 36, 37 million dollar option that he opted into, it's one year. Then he goes to, you know, he goes to free agency. I think if you are the Brooklyn Nets, it makes a hell of a lot of sense to trade for Russell Westbrook and buy him out. It gets your financial house in order. It moves Kyrie off your books. It's a matter of do the Lakers want to, do they want to give up a future first round pick? And I, I kind of think they don't. But you know what's really interesting? If you're the Lakers, you have all the ability in the world to, to do exactly what Danny Ainge did. Yeah. Tear that thing to the ground. The problem is you don't have Rudy Gobert, you have Anthony Davis. And the problem is you don't have the balls to trade LeBron James. And... I'm curious how, because there's some talk around the NBA <clears throat> that the Lakers have had thoughts of trading LeBron James. I would. I would too. The other problem though is Bronny, his son, is starting to look like an absolute mass murderer. Like that kid is balling. 
Like, there were some questions about Bronny's top end. I think all those have been answered. Yeah. Like, that kid is now absolutely murdering fools. Mm -hmm. Like, he is now dunking on people. If he you is, felt these balls. He is shooting the three at a really high level. He is a defensive wizard. Like, LeBron James and Bronny James, I think there's a real good chance they're going to play together. If it's just one year, that might be true. There's real marketing value in that. And how much damage does it do to you with other players if you trade LeBron James against his wishes? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure that I'm willing to light that fire. I'm really not. You know what? I mean, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Brett Robbins, good morning, my friend. He says, uh, Sexton is not a backcourt with Don. Sex To me, Sexton, this whole Colin Sexton thing, I understand it. But what's the value in that deal for Cleveland? What's, what's, why, why does that work for the Jazz? If we are to believe that there's a full rebuild happening, which I am still not that guy, trade Donovan Mitchell, then I'll say, yeah, I think they're totally rebuilding. I think the Jazz are making the best of the situation they're currently in. Mm -hmm. And again, I will just repeat, I don't think that they're trying to trade Donovan Mitchell. I think they will trade Don if they get their doors blown off by the Knicks mm -hmm. and they get six picks and three young players. I think they make that deal. Yeah. Colin Sexton doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, I don't think that Colin Sexton is equal value for Donovan Mitchell. And I don't think that you I would do a deal around Colin Sexton and picks. Like I, I think Colin Sexton is a nice young player. I think he's doing quite a bit in the league. But he's got he's got proving to do, you know. Frankly, I'd rather have Evan Mobley than Colin Sexton. I'd rather have Darius Garland than Colin Sexton, for sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It will really be interesting to see what happens. Um, let's see. Louis Diaz says Sexton is just another Clarkson-like T hero. Yeah. Could be. Yep. Sure. Could be. Um, it'll be interesting to see how all that turns out. NY Jazz fan says, is Bronny really that good already? Yes, yes he, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he yes, is. He, is, he is. Man, he is good. He is. He is very good. Tanner He's Plummer definitely says, quieted the doubters. He has. Is Bronny better than LeBron right now? Well, I think LeBron was the best player anybody had ever seen when he was a junior. I think Bronny's a junior when he's going into maybe his senior year, I think. Um, when LeBron was Bronny's age, he was the best player of his age in the world. Yeah. And I don't think Bronny's that guy right now. I don't even know how you measure that. Um, you know what I mean? Kenai Johnson says LeBron will trade Mrs. Bus before he gets traded. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Eric and Raleigh, the Lakers have decided who runs the franchise, have to decide who runs the franchise, the ownership in front office or LeBron. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. I, I, I agree with that. Well, and I think the, the problem is that, that when you're not winning, if you're LeBron James and you're not winning, that leverage goes away. I mean, think about it. He's only had the leverage because the narrative was, hey, well, if you have LeBron on your team, you're an instant title contender. That's been LeBron's legacy and narrative. Now he doesn't have that. And so it'll be interesting to see how the Lakers proceed forward because they haven't won. Well, I mean, they won the championship in the bubble, but since then you haven't won. And frankly, it's been a pretty bad experience. That's the issue. Yeah, I think that has been the issue. I do. Um, let's see. NY Jazz fan says, I wonder where the Jazz front office are golfing today. Why are people freaking out about Ryan Smith wearing a T-shirt? No, what they're freaking out about is Ryan Smith wearing leggings on a golf course. Who does that? Who the hell does that? You don't uh, wear leggings under basketball shorts when you go golfing. You don't? No. I think you wear Ryan, golf shorts, bro. I think Ryan Smith does. Well, that might be true, but... Ryan Smith was in a picture with Danny Ainge and a bunch of other people. They were all, Wade, Justin Zanuck. They were, they were wearing 
golf shirts. Yeah. They all had collars on, except for Ryan Smith, who had on a T-shirt. And people lost their minds over that. I hadn't seen the legging thing. I don't care about the leggings. When I'm golfing and my crotch is dripping sweat like a waterfall, I want to be comfortable. Okay. So leggings and basketball shorts, all right, that's good for me. I'm always, I've always been, a. I have a million and one golf shorts. I wear golf shorts on a regular basis. I think they're one of the most comfortable things ever. So, hey, man, if you can get me some like compression, some kind of compression shorts, uh, golf short under my golf shorts, a t-shirt and a golf, golf shirt, a polo, mm. I'm in, man. Right. I'm in. I'm the guy, though, who has golfed in a sleeveless workout shirt in the past. <laughs> I have. I don't care. I mean, when, it is what it is. It's fine. It is fine. Let's see. Uh, James Jensen says, if they did, I hope they went to St. George to golf. Sure. Sure. Uh, let's see. James Knight says, if you got a billion dollars, do what you want. Exactly right. Yeah. It, listen, exactly he can do what right. he wants. I just, you, I just think it's funny that, that it was such a classic picture. Like, you have... You've got, you know, D-Wade, Danny Ainge, you know, Ryan Smith, Justin Zanuck, um, you know, and Will Hardy all golfing together. And you've got D-Wade, like, in this beautiful, like, you know, outfit. And then there's just Ryan over here. So it, it just was funny. It was just it, just the way it looked. All right. Let's not forget that we're sending uh, a lucky listener and a friend to see Las Vegas, uh, to Las Vegas to see BYU versus Notre Dame on October 7th and 8th. You get a pair of tickets uh, as well as two nights in a hotel. It is a great package. It is all brought to you by our good friend Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage and MLS number 278545. And again, I know we talk a lot of real estate on the show. In fact, in about 20 minutes, we're going to talk real estate. but the thing I'm going to tell you about Devery Davis is when you're thinking about a mortgage and, and you're wondering, hey, can I afford a house? Don't wonder. Ask a professional. And there is no better professional, no matter where you are in the state of Utah, than Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. Call him today, 801-543-9666 to call Devery Davis. You see the, you see the, uh, the number at the bottom of your screen there. Give Devery a call and ask him about down payment assistance. If you think that you can't afford to buy a house because you can't afford a down payment, my friends, you would be incorrect. There are all kinds of grants and programs going on in real estate right now that guys who know how to get you into that house you've been wanting, like Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage, they know how to do the job. Call Devery today, ask him, what is the best case scenario for me to get into this house? All you're going to have to do, Devery's going to say, hey, send me that address or send me that, you know, that MLS listing number off of Zillow. Text me the Zillow listing. Devery's going to turn around and have a package of information for you, and he's going to make an informed decision on your behalf, and he's going to tell you, hey, here's what you're looking at. Here's what you need to put down. Here's this program. Here's how you get, we get you into that house. Devery Davis has the answers that you're looking for. That's why you trust him. That's why I trust him. I've done three loans with Devery Davis, and I would never consider using a different mortgage broker than Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. So give him a call today, 801-543-9666. Devery Davis, NMLS number 278545. He is an equal housing lender. Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage presents our BYU drive away to see BYU take on Notre Dame in Las Vegas coming up. October 7th and 8th. Yeah! Let's gonna go. Be a great Let's go. I'm telling you, it is going to be amazing. Um, the, the, the grand prize thing that we are 
the way we're going to announce this that we're cooking up right now. Yes. It's on the stove, spectacular. It's on the stove. It is going to be spectacular. Trust me. All you have to do to win this trip right now is be subscribed to this channel. If you are one of the 293 people that are watching this show right now, make sure you give us a thumbs up. It really helps the channel grow. Hit that subscribe button. Please hit that subscribe button, and that gives you a chance. And listen, if you're not in Utah right now and you want to win this prize, I'm happy to give you a $200 Visa gift card instead of a gas card to drive there. Because if you want to get yourself to Las Vegas, we're happy to give you the two nights hotel. We're happy to give you the two tickets to the game. And instead of a gas card, we'll give you a $250 Visa gift card. Feel free, my friends. Feel free. Yes. Uh, To subscribe, enter the contest. One of our subscribers on this channel is going to win this prize. Trust me when I say it's going to be amazing. It is I think it's one of the biggest games of the year, and especially if you're in Utah and you're a BYU, Utah, or college football fan, going to Allegiant Stadium to see Notre Dame football, like who wouldn't? Yeah. Those of us that grew up in Chicago, Notre Dame fans. Yeah. Hot dog sandwiches and stuff. Right. Um, All I'm saying is it's going to be a great event. And by the way, you might even get to have dinner with the Monty clan. Yeah. You know, we'll see all about that. But thanks to our good friend at at, uh, Academy Mortgage, Deborah Davis. As I I said yesterday, I'll say again every day, the way this show works is we don't have many advertisers. We choose them wisely and we choose people that will take care of you, but we need you to call them. Even if you just call good old Deborah Davis and say, hey, man, just want to say thanks for supporting the Monty show. Call them today, 801-543-9666. Can the Pac-12 survive? ESPN Pete Thamel had breaking news yesterday uh, that the Pac-12 and the Big 12 were negotiating over the recent weeks about a partnership. Mm-hmm. Partnership. Mm-hmm. Not a merger, a partnership that would have had them see like, uh, scheduling alliance, <laughs> which essentially means the Pac-12 is desperate and reaching its straws. Because I think the Pac-12 is dead in the water. And no, I do not believe the Pac-12 can survive. And this latest death knoll that had the Pac-12 and the Big 12 breaking off negotiations on a partnership, I think was the last best hope that the Pac-12 had to survive. Because I don't see a way that if you are Oregon, Washington, Utah, any of the remaining teams in the Pac-12, that it makes financial sense, that it is even financially viable to remain part of the Pac-10 or what is likely to be the Pac-8 at one point. Yeah, in the next six weeks, I think two more teams in Oregon and Washington are going to hit the escape hatch. You're going to be the Pac-8. And at that point, what sense does it make? Jake, do you think the Pac-12 can survive? No, I think that I think you know for the Pac-12, you you it this all started when when SC and UCLA left, you know, and I think that 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 sort of started a firestorm, and I think now you're in a position where you already didn't have as much value as all the, you know the other four major players in 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 the landscape. You already weren't recruiting at the same level. You already uh, weren't playing you know football at as high of a level as these other conferences. And so what happens? Well, SC's tired of being down. SC's tired of playing at 10 o'clock on the East Coast. SC is tired of that. So what do they do? They put a deal together to leave and go to another conference. And and so now you've been put in a situation where because of this past decade of you just not handling things the right way, not making your schools enough money individually, not, not helping them recruit, not putting them on TV, like all of these things play into this so when the question is can the pack 
you know, pack eight survive when it's all said and done? No, I don't think you can because right now, what do we know? Well, like I was saying, we know that SC and UCLA are gone, obviously, but we also know people like Phil Knight at Oregon are on the phone, you know, making deals and making things happen. Yeah, like, and if you didn't hear that story, Phil Knight, the boss at Nike, for the last couple of weeks has been on the phone aggressively pursuing a new home for Oregon. He's the one that supposedly, according to sources, initiated conversations with the Big Ten. Um, he is the one that has reached out to the SEC. Phil Knight is desperate to find a new home for Oregon. And I think I think you're exactly right. It makes no sense to stay there now. Yeah. And if I'm the University of Utah, I'm getting as aggressive as I can possibly be to get myself into the Big 12. I don't know what that's going to take because, frankly, the Big 12 has moved a little slower than I would have thought. But I think it also makes a little more sense now why they're moving slower because they were talking to the Pac-12 about a partnership. Right. Now all that's over with, and I think you've burned that bridge. If I'm if I'm Utah, if I'm the Big 12, and I know for a fact that Utah and the Big 12 have had conversations already, I'm making that deal happen right now. Yeah. If I'm the Big 12, I am getting super aggressive. And I got to be honest with you, in, in the dog-eat-dog -dog world of college athletics, if I'm the Big 12... I'm not going lock, stock, and barrel for every team in the Pac-12. I'm just not. I If I'm the Big 12, how much value is there really in Oregon State? Yeah. How much value is there really in Pullman, Washington? How much value really is there in adding teams of that level to your conference? We know why they want Colorado. There's history there, right? There, there, is, there is a fan base there. When you look at the Arizona schools, there's television market there. There's money there. There's like there's all kinds of reasons to want that. I understand why you want Utah. There is one of the best rivalries in college football in BYU and Utah. There is an outstanding football program at the University of Utah with Kyle Whittingham with a longstanding tradition of excellence, recruiting, television numbers, putting guys in the National Football League, which, believe me, still matters in college football today. Yes. Utah brings a ton of value to the Big 12. Can you say the same thing for Washington State? No. Can you say the same thing for Oregon State? No. And here's the kick in the balls. Can you say the same thing for Berkeley? Can you say the same thing for the California Golden Bears? Nope. I don't think you can. And that's a big institution that operates on a very small scale. They should be bigger and badder than they are, but they never have been. And that's not the Big 12 problem. Well, and that's not the Big 12's problem. Exactly right. If I'm the Big 12, I am being incredibly selective about the schools that I invite. And frankly, I mean, I really value if I'm the Big 12, if we're down to brass tacks, I want Oregon, I want Washington, I want Utah. I think I probably want Stanford just for the academic acclaim, just for what that does for me um, on an academic level. I want Stanford in my conference. After that, I think it is a real, it's a real picky situation. Is Arizona State a school you want in your conference right now with the scandals no. going on in Tempe? Nope. That's a tough one. The problem is the Arizona schools haven't won anything. You haven't but, done anything. But... The Arizona Wildcats and the Duke Blue Devils just did a deal to play basketball every year. Are you telling me that Arizona basketball isn't something it, you want to bring into what is already a prolific basketball conference in the Big 12? F, yes, it is. Hell yeah. yeah. I want Arizona basketball in my conference. Yeah. And by the way, Arizona football is on the rise. 
Arizona football with what Fish and company are doing in, in, in Tucson, absolutely Arizona's attractive. Bobby Hurley's been pretty mediocre at Arizona. I think Herm Edwards has been an abject failure and a disaster for Arizona State. I don't know what you do there. I don't know. I think they're probably a package deal. But then again, if I'm Arizona and Arizona State, am I ever getting into the Big Ten? Probably not. If I'm Arizona and Arizona State, am I ever getting into the SEC? Probably not. Yeah. So you better get into the Big 12. That's why I say people got to get aggressive. You're in survival mode right now. If you're Cal Berkeley, you're in survival mode right now. You may have a huge TV market and you may have a passionate fan base, but the band is on the field as your football legacy. And that's probably not the best thing in the world, right? My point is, if I'm the Big 12, get picky. If I'm Utah, get aggressive because you've got to be in the Big 12. I have got it. If I'm the Utah Utes, I'm too, I am too prestigious as a football program. I'd like to think the running Utes would be back. I really would. They're the most valuable product in the Pac 12 right now. Like, we need to be on the same, like, right now. Now that SC is gone, you know, like, Utah's done the most winning recently, in my opinion. I know Oregon's right there, and a lot of people say Oregon's the most yeah. valuable. But Utah's the one that went to a big bowl game. Utah's the one that has been winning the conference. Utah's the one that didn't get pushed around in in the big game. And I think that that for any conference out there, like for the Big Twelve, you you need them. You want them. You know, like and if I'm the Big Twelve, I'm being cold blooded. I'm using my leverage. I'm not taking I disagree about the Arizona schools. Yeah, would it be nice to have basketball? Sure, it would be nice to have basketball. But I'm not taking more fat than I need. I want the best you have to offer. Everyone else can see you later. Well, I think there's a lot of pride and tradition in Big 12 basketball. I mean, whether that's Kansas, I mean, Oklahoma State. Like, you look at what that conference is doing basketball-wise, I, I, it's prolific. I, I, it's certainly adding, adding BYU basketball to the Big 12 is a big get for them as well. I mean, BYU is far more than that. But I think when you look at the overall picture, there's two schools in the Pac-12 I think you absolutely must have. Utah, because it's so much more than football. If you can get the Red Rocks, if you can get their baseball program, if you can get like Utah athletics is phenomenal. They're, they are a gold standard of athletic programs. But I also think we got to have a real honest conversation about what Oregon is. Oregon, Oregon certainly is a football and basketball powerhouse. Like Oregon basketball is better than people graded at. But Oregon football is a really valuable property. Yeah, That's a school that puts teams in the NFL, bringing in Nike money, bringing in the Nike relationship. I think bringing in the TV market, bringing, Eugene is never going to be Los Angeles. Right. Let's just be very honest about that. But Oregon football has a massive, massive footprint. They have a big fan base. They bring people to bowl games. They bring people to television. They bring people to road games. That is a real legitimate fan base. Oregon's very valuable. You've got to have Oregon. You've got to have Washington, I think, because Washington, again, is a team that's in Seattle. You need, if you're the Big 12, I think you need Seattle. But good God, I'm telling you, and I know we had a huge battle over this in the the YouTube comments yesterday. Mm -hmm. San Diego State is a team that belongs in the Big 12. That is a team, in my opinion, that is a gem of a free agent that you have got to add. And if I am San Diego State, I am marketing the hell out of my new football stadium. I am doing everything that I can do to get into that conference because you're never going to have a better opportunity than right now today 
when you have people asking questions about who's a fit and where, if you're San Diego State, you've got momentum in basketball and football, go get it. Go get it. I'm like, going to say this again. You're spending all this money to build your program. I, I And I know that a lot of people said I'm crazy and San Diego is a nothing. San Diego is a great market. Southern California is a great market. If you're not getting UCLA, and when I say UCLA, it's a basketball program. That's what UCLA is. Now, baseball, track and field, yes, they bring a lot to the table. They're not a football program at UCLA. Let's stop talking about UCLA as some great Bob Toledo was a great football coach. You guys are idiots. That's not a football school. Yeah. UCLA, with all due respect, is not a football school. What do we know about UCLA? They happen to play in a historic building, but they don't play in the Rose Bowl and they don't play in big games in the in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> right? USC plays bigger games in the Rose Bowl than than UCLA does. Okay, I feel better. Good. I feel like I am the guy carrying the torch for fucking San Diego State. Well, you are. How is that? How am I the guy that's always carrying because the torch for San Diego State? Because nobody cares about San Diego State until, until, dude, until Utah and Oregon and Washington are signed. Nobody cares. That's the problem. And I agree with you on San Diego State. They are a cherry on top. They are a commodity. You do want to be in San Diego. Not before I get Utah, Oregon, Washington, all the nameplates that I have to have. Like if I'm if I'm sitting here as the Big Twelve commissioner, I'm saying, okay, I like what we have. I wanna I wanna fleece the Pac twelve or the Pac eight or whatever tongue in cheek joke you wanna make. And then once I'm done doing that, then I wanna add San Diego State. That's what I think the process looks like. But I do think that San Diego State has been playing season wrecker for like the last 10 years. What do we refer to San Diego State as? Hey, you're going to San Diego State? Better stop the run. Better be ready for a physical game. Better be ready to come out of that game with some injuries, right? Like that's what we've been talking about San Diego State. So yeah, they're a yeah. good commodity to have. I just think they're not a priority other uh, over the Pac-12 nameplates that you want to add. Like Utah, Oregon, and Washington. Those yeah. three schools particularly are the ones you have to have. And then give me San Diego State. San Diego State's a better ad than Arizona State. Agreed. Sorry, I know Agreed. that's crazy. No, I, know, I agree. I know the TNA in Tempe on Mill Avenue is amazing in, in 110 degree heat, but you no, got I'm fine. You, you got some honeys in San Diego too. <clears throat> you know. Anyway, the point is, um, I understand why people value universities differently. When I look at money and TV. And Josh Lovren is tech or tweeting me, you know, like 2016 through 2021 TV performance. Like I, I could couldn't care less that you know Washington State is supposedly the fourth television market in the Pac-10, Pac-12. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, that there is there is no doubt that Utah is a better fit in any conference than Washington State. And by the way, here's that, the problem. Here's the problem. All these numbers are not. Direct TV. All these numbers are not yes. streaming. All these numbers are not what they're going to be when you go to the Big Twelve. So if you say if I say, Hey, what's more attractive? Nationally, who's more attractive? Well, Utah's more attractive than Washington State. Oregon's way the hell more attractive than Washington State. So that's that's the conversation isn't what you were, it's what you're gonna be. There's zero value, in my opinion, with all due respect, 
there's zero value in 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 adding Oregon State or Washington State. Yeah, it does not. In my opinion, the value in the Pacific Northwest is Washington and Oregon. Fast. You want to talk about big TV audiences? Washington and Oregon. You want to talk about big football programs? Washington and Oregon. You want to talk about teams that can compete in college basketball? Washington and Oregon. I have no idea when the last time that that you could say that the Big Twelve can be the number two conference in all of college athletics by adding Washington and Oregon. Like that puts them there. You add Utah, you're definitely there. You add, again, I think you're probably going to add the Arizona schools. You're there. Like you're you're above the Big Ten at that point. Yeah. So I just think there's all these ridiculous narratives where people want to say, well, the Pac-12 doesn't have any value. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah, Absolutely, it does. It does. Greg Hawkins uh, says, Larry Scott turned down an offer from ESPN to take the Pac-12 network distribution and create a partnership on Tier 1 rights. Larry Scott's one of the worst commissioners in the history he is of college why they're athletics. Here. He is why they're here. Yes, I would totally agree with that. Uh, Michael Burton tips us a dollar. Thank you, Michael. Thank Appreciate you. that. Uh, Kurt Meyer says ASU is already in talks with the Big 12 to leave the pack, and I think if one more team leaves the pack, then the pack will be toast. I don't know where you go. If the let's put it this way, if the Arizona schools, Oregon, Washington, Utah, and Colorado, which is what most people think is going to happen, mm. if those six teams leave the Pac-10, you're in real trouble. Because if you're again, if you're Washington State, Oregon State, Cal, what's Stanford, left? With all due respect, there's but, nothing left. But sure, okay. The 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 Pac-12 falls into the abyss of the Pacific Ocean, and they're sucked up by plastic rings of death. Sudden. <laughs> If you are if you are what's left in what used to be the Pac-12, the carnage. You're going to the you're going to the Mountain West. Excuse me, the Mountain Least. The Mountain Least. Ex- my bad. I apologize. Thank I know you. it's offensive to call them by their proper name. That's you're, pretty much self-explanatory. You're going to the Mountain West of crap hole death. Right. Um. You know, congratulations. You're on Utah t- Utah State schedule, Cal. Hey guys. Right. Like. <laughs> I just. Aggie tears. I love you. Uh, anyway, Michael Burton <laughs> says, who wins out of the players that dated Kardashian versus those who dated Jenner? How are we here? How are we here? <laughs> That's a real thing. That is a real thing. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, from pack to whack. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Severe says, I want Utah, Colorado, Oregon, Washington State, and the Big 12. My goodness. You might have the deepest conference behind the SEC. That's what I mean. You will have the deepest conference behind the yeah. SEC. Yeah. Why am I the only... Where the hell is Eric C? Why am I the only one beating the San Diego State drum? Please. Uh, Jeremy Bolton. Oh, God. Uh, Utah, San Diego State, and Bishop Sycamore can go to the West. (laughs) Bishop Sycamore is amazing. Dude, Bishop Sycamore was a (laughs) fake football team and still got on ESPN, and the Pac... Two can't get a TV deal done. Come Larry on. Larry Scott wasted $7 million every year on a pointless headquarters in San Francisco. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. Now we're going to sit yes. here and wonder why why revenue share per school was like nothing. Yeah, zero. Uh, Tanner says, actually, a good chunk of Wazoo's fan base is in Vancouver, Canada, eh? Uh, there you sure, go. Could be. Uh, Josh Lovern says, uh, Pullman has zero poll, zero, less than zero. See what he did there? Pullman has Pullman. zero poll, poll, uh, yeah, poll and poll and poll and your chain. Right. Uh, Josh Lovern says half of Washington state's fan base is in Seattle. I don't disagree with that. Look, Washington state's not a bad school, 
But this is why Larry Scott's an asshole. He would send USC to Pullman, Washington on a Friday night to die in a snowstorm in like the middle of July to play a football game. He would do that if he could, right? It's bad enough you do that in an October, Friday, chilly night. USC goes to Pullman and dies. Yeah, with a head coach who doesn't want to get the thing we're not allowed to talk about. Nice. Right? Like, I mean, it's just crazy to me that the Pac-12 was so mismanaged. Yeah. Because it had every opportunity in the world to be a powerhouse. Because the truth is, the truth is, Man. what the Pac-12 has that the Midwest region conferences don't have is you're on the West Coast. Yes. You have that... You have that that romanticism of LA or of Seattle or, you know, of being this big feel, but because your commissioner was a complete idiot and ran the, the conference into the ground. Now we're here and it's a real yeah. shame. Yeah. I just think it's amazing to me that I think it's amazing to me that yeah. we're, we're here now. It is, it is truly amazing to me. Yeah. And by the way, Greg Sankey yesterday, the commissioner of the, of the SEC, said something that I thought was amazing. Mm -hmm. When he, he was talking about how the SEC is already the baddest mofo on the planet. They are. And the thing that I find so amazing to me is that the SEC knows it. And they're not wrong. Like, if you watch SEC Media Day mm -hmm. and, and you hear... The way that those coaches talk, like Lane Kiffin yesterday talking about adding talent in schools to the SEC, he's like, man, you can join the Big 12, but joining the SEC is just a whole different animal. Here's the deal. I'm the best there is. And I got to tell you, he's exactly right. Like, you don't walk in to the SEC and be like, all right, boys, we're here and we're going to kick your ass. Do you know what that's like these days? You just bend over and take it when you join <laughs> the SEC. Because, like, I don't I know what else you do. <laughs> You know, like Greg Sankey, <laughs> Greg Sankey yesterday said, oh, we're already a super league. You're you damn first. right. You're last. You're damn right. He benches more than you. His wife is hotter than you. He makes more than you. They win more than you. They play each other for the national championship. And you're all like, oh, all right, good job. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, good job, boys. Hey, we're going to the golf cart. Denny's Superhero Bowl next week and Flagstaff and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> and the game will be over by the time kickoff so you can all get back home and watch the SEC National Championship game. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's who we are in college football. Oh, but Monty, what about Clemson? Don't sass me, Burkus. I hate Clemson. Already crowned Clemson. That's the ACC. Which, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but the ACC is in the SEC's backyard, and the ACC is irrelevant. Suckmyass.com. Get the hell out of here with the ACC. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be amazing. Look at the size of that guy's forehead. He's got a huge forehead. By the way, how's that Bitcoin thing working out, dick? Anyway. <laughs> well said. Okay. Oh, I, uh, yeah, I want my signing bonus in Bitcoin, so I can just throw that down the trash. I'm being a jerk now. Yeah, you are, but it's funny. He's got a huge forehead. He does. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, a he huge does. Forehead. Uh, not clickbait, Terry. You're just late. Show's been going on for 90 minutes. Yeah. Okay, what did Terry say? I don't know where Terry is. Oh, uh, well, I tuned in for Utah Jazz, and you're talking Pac-12. Terry Florence says, Ainge clickbait? 
Well, just go back to the beginning of the show, man. Yeah, it's not just hard to find, Just start the show dude. from the beginning. It's yeah. all there. It's all there. We've been going for an hour and 22 minutes. Uh, Axel Granzini says, as Utahns, do you guys ever keep up with the mountain biking World Cup? No. See, the problem is, is that um, there is the snowshoe regional championships happening. Um, no, we don't. I'm... Yes, you did. Yes, you did. If it makes you feel better, I own a mountain bike. Um, um, you know, you know, um, you know, I'm not turning the camera yet, but what do you want to say, Mrs. Monty? I would do that show. What show? The Go mountain away. biking championship. Mrs. Monty reporting live from um, Park City Mountain Resort. Um, we're uh, waiting for the medevac as uh, Dick Hall Johnson just fell off his mountain bike and hit his face on the ground. I would do a mountain sports show. You just his, think there's not a market for it. His nose is about uh, 30 clicks up the hill. <laughs> We're trying to recover that like it's uh, John Wayne Bobbitt's cock. Dude! <laughs> we watched that show last <laughs> 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 There was a show. There's a show on. Okay, so apparently, on Vice. yeah, on Vice. There's Vice. a show on Vice um, that is like the worst. It's something the like Dark a, Side of the '90s. Lorena Bobbitt took a scissors and cut his schwanz off while he was sleeping. Cold bloody clean, tackle and thorough. Then threw it out a car window. They recovered it and stitched it back on. And he wound up doing like bionic cock porn. We still never we talk. <laughs> You, let, let me get the <laughs> J, J, Johnny. Let's talk. Wait, let me get this right. Um, so it, she cuts your schwanz off. Um, they th she threw it out the car window um, into a field. <laughs> they found it on an ant hill. <laughs> <laughs> they sewed it back on, and then you did porn. That's incredible. Bro. That's incredible. <laughs> what? You're welcome. Good morning. Welcome to the show, Terry Florence. Talk about clickbait. In a van down by you know, the river. <laughs> you know, uh, Jeremy Bolton says, let's play Would You Rather. Would you rather insert some the most boring event here than watch RSL? Wow. wow, bro. Wow. That's crazy. I don't mind RSL. They just, they need more talent. They do. You know. Uh, Neville 93 says, haha. Caleb, Caleb Harrison says, LOL. Uh, Tanner says uh, you're dead wrong Spencer Morgan RSL okay where's Spencer Morgan we have so many comments today Spencer Morgan says mountain biking world cup still more interesting than RSL spinal <laughs> <laughs> Spencer Morgan makes his return to the program welcome to the show you know um, we do RSL is not bad uh, Neville 93 says where's the RSL podcast you know I mean Eric and Raleigh says where's the RSL podcast people are asking for it you know, uh, Mike Phillips says no mountain biking. These guys are hardcore Ragnar fans. <laughs> 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 That's a reference to a show from last week. I love you. Jeremy Bolton says snowshoe regional championships, a.k.a. RSL. <laughs> Y'all wow. are savages. Man. Wow. You guys are absolute savages. Giggity says who has time for biking World Cup when they have RSL? Oh, my God. You guys. You guys, uh, Jeremy Bolton says, uh, or Tanner says, laugh all you want, Jeremy Bolton, but RSL has more titles than the Utah Jets. Stop it. No, we're not. No, no. We're, we're not, not doing comparing. It. We're not doing we're it. We're not comparing MLS soccer to the NBA. Come on, dude. 
Caleb Harrison says, what will it take for RSL to be on the level of the LA clubs? Okay, you can just stop right there because that's never happening. You're Ooh. casual. Like RSL has a history of winning. Dude. RSL has championships. Like this is just, I think the, it's not even that RSL plays in Salt Lake City, which is a smaller market. I just think MLS is not quality enough football to get people to come to the yard every single night. Like it, it's just not there. And the thing that I think is is so important is that the fan base shows up at, at Real Quinto. Mm -hmm. They show up for Jefferson Severino. Hey, guys. I don't know why I'm being why, a dick. Why are you being a dick, man? It just is what it is. Um, he got looped into this because the comment section. Yeah, That's what I, happened okay, Yeah. Why, Caleb? You know what I mean? Caleb's the same guy that eats pepperoni on his pizza. I started having second okay. thoughts. Like you don't, we don't know, Caleb. We don't put pepperoni. I'm not a on pepperoni pizza. guy. We don't uh, do that. that. Is that a is that a Bobbit thing, dude? Like who eats pepperoni? But the, let the man have his meat. I'm talking about pepperoni on pizza. You gotta go. You, you let know the I'm, man whoa, whoa, okay, have wow. his Fine. meat. Oh boy. Just adjusting the camera. What does your shirt say today? Confidence is. A, I just wanted you to show your act. Confidence is a <laughs> habit, not a trait. That's one of my favorite sayings of all time. I love that saying. Good morning, Mrs. Monty. Average to see you as usual. Good morning. Mrs. Monty stole all the covers and the sheets last night, so I was freezing <laughs> most of the night. <laughs> I, I'm doubting that you were freezing at all. No, you know, I just, I'm never cold. Help me out. I'm, I'm not. No. She, yeah, it is what it is. Okay. Uh, what's mm -hmm. better, the uh, Mexican Liga or MLS? MLS is better. Uh, comment 99, Duane Boone says, comment 99, Taco Duane Tuesday. Duane Boone. Duane Boone. Damn, tacos sound good, bro. Tacos do sound good. Eric and Raleigh says, that was some great camera work there, Monty. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. He's amazing. Caleb? Caleb? Now Caleb's in here defending pepperoni. Dude, um, there's no defense for it, bro. There isn't. Pepperoni you know, is, a, is a, is, is, no. 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 How did you how how did you how did you first find pepperoni? Well, first like, of all, first of all, we have to remember Caleb is from Detroit. So everybody slow your speech down, talk a little slower so Caleb can catch up. Uh he's from Detroit. Uh, no, I'm kidding. How did I, we find pepperoni? I'm, Just like they found Bobbitt's Schwanz. You guys, that was that, that, they cut it off. Yes, that you guys, that was a Detroit reference. Yeah, you you, you, you basically Detroit said that the pistons <laughs> suck. We get it. We get it. <laughs> Okay, you know what? I try to rip Detroit, <laughs> and you guys make fun of me. Nobody likes no, freaking Red Wing we're hockey. We're not anyway. making fun of you. What? 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 No. We are so supportive. No, you're not. Uh, Josh Lovren. Oh God. See, this is where the show's going to go when I lose control of it. Josh yeah. Lovren says Monty is a pineapple guy when it comes to pizza, and so <laughs> what if I am? Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> and so what if I am? I mean, Papa Murphy's, Damn take it. and bake, veggie with pineapple on it, bomb. Come on. Uh, Jeremy Bolton end. says, pepperoni is the RSL of pizza toppings. Wow. 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 Correct the mundo. says, the ND BYU game uh, would be one of the best ever, every year in the Big 12. Why are we talking soccer? Nobody cares. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. We might as well be talking ping pong in Jamaica. <laughs> Come on now. When Kay Nuren's getting Ouch. in on the soccer hate, because yeah. I love so I love soccer. No, you love English Premier League soccer. I do. I Let's do. get this very straight. I do. Yeah. I'm a huge Chelsea football fan. You almost lost your your you know mind the other day when the EPL commercial came on. You were that excited. I am. 
August 5th, ready to go. Caleb Harrison, basketball tournaments, long days after work. You can't tell me you were happy when you see the stacks of pepperoni pizza from Little Caesars. Okay, listen, when I was a young child and I was I was not educated as a man and my balls hadn't dropped yet, yeah, I ate, I ate pepperoni. But, uh, no. but now as a man, I know that mushroom, onion, green onion, cheese and pineapple from Papa Murphy's on a Traeger smoker. And maybe if I had other men in the house, if I didn't live with two women, I would have sausage on my pizza as well because sausage oh, pizza is amazing. I don't eat meat. I don't, I'm not eating meat anymore, you know. Well, my wife's vegetarian, so I'm pretty much vegetarian. Yeah, take it. See ya. I don't know. I just don't want you to die. Wow. Good morning. Um, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Uh, Cash Coolin says I'm an Arsenal fan. Hey, how do we block people? Um, we don't, there's no, there's no. There, standards don't matter. Cast, there's no such thing as an Arsenal fan. Yeah. Long suffering. Uh, Caleb says BYU versus Arkansas prediction. SEC is good, but I think BYU might win that one. Arkansas is on the rise. I think I'd probably take Arkansas on that one, but I'd have to look at it. TJ McVay says the pie all day long. Papa Murphy's is better than the yeah, pie. Yeah, agreed. Papa Murphy's on a Traeger smoker is better than the pie. Yeah. The pie just puts too much cheese. Even when I say light cheese. And then once do. you start, once you get off the delivery train and you go and pick up your pizza and you cook it at your house, it changes the game because you get the pizza nice and hot, crust is crispy. Oh it's amazing. Here we go. Oh, God. Tanner says, okay, RSL pop quiz for you, Monty. Hey guys. Where is RSL currently ranked in the Western Conference? Hey, guys. All right, let's move on. Hey Eric and Raleigh says, how dare you care about him, Mrs. Monty? Exactly. Uh, Cass Coolin says, LMAO. Exactly right. Uh, Caleb says, that's good, Mrs. Monty. Look out for your health. I need a woman like you in my life. Most girls I meet uh, just look out for my wallet. Wow. Kay says, soccer fans need their own show. Thus, where's the RSL Yeah, podcast? I mean, they keep asking, you know. Uh, Tom Basilis, syllabus, Tom syllabus on the soccer thing. What will Messi come play own an MLS team? He'll just go to France like every other old soccer player does. Uh, Gabe led the RSL is ranked hashtag. Nobody cares. Tanner. Exactly right. Wow. Uh, Neville 93 says, I don't like the pie. No more. It's not good. No more. Used to be really good. Telling you, Papa Murphy's, bro. Uh, Neville ninety three says Mountain Mike's is really good. Nah, I, Mountain Mike's isn't bad. I don't think I've had Mountain Mike's. No. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says Tom Syphilis. It, is that how it's pronounced? Wow. Tom Basilis. It's got like seven L's in the middle of a couple of I's and S's. Okay. Well, we're just gonna refer to him as Bus. You know, Bussin. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk chicken sandwiches. Yeah. Because we had some chicken sandos last night for what? dinner. Yeah. And now, first of all, here we go. Dinner. Let's start with dinner. Where are you at on dinner right now? I don't want to eat dinner. I eat dinner probably twice a week. I don't okay. eat a lot of dinner, frankly. Right. But it's been like three times a week, just because. So, one of the things that I try to do is not eat dinner because I want to. I want to limit my calories. Mm-hmm. And so I try not to eat dinner. I'm trying to be 2,000 calories or less. I'm failing miserably. Um, so we went to Slim Chickens last night in, is that Harriman or Riverton? Harriman. Harriman. We went to Slim Chickens in Harriman's last night. In Harriman's. Hello? Donnie. Slim Chickens in Harriman last night. And I got to tell you, it was actually really good. Yeah. I was surprised. So as you may know on this show, 
I do not believe in Chick-fil-A. We. I, yeah, no. I'm not doing (laughs) Chick-fil-A on any level. Right. Um, Beyond the fact the bags are killing you allegedly, you know, the whole, yeah, no, I'm good. So we also went to uh, Super Chicks last week. Mm -hmm. Really good. Super Chicks in Riverton, if you haven't been there yet. Very good. Very good. Really good. Expensive, though. Uh, it's a little higher price, but it's worth it. I think you're getting a higher quality chicken sando. But I got to tell you, Slim Chickens last night, pretty damn good. Yeah. I was pretty impressed with that. Mrs. Monty, where do you rank Slim Chickens? I thought it was good. What I really appreciated was the fries. Mm. I thought fries their were fries good. were really good. Like they were, honestly, they are better than Super Chicks. Sorry, Super Chicks. Well, Super Chicks has like the shoestring fries. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But the thing that Super Chicks has that I think is elite, their ranch dressing bomb. Super Chicks. Bomb. Their sauce game is bomb, though. I don't know how much pure, freshly cut cocaine they put in their ranch dressing at Super Chicks. But damn, it's good. My God. The ranch dressing at Super Chicks is amazing. I did not actually have ranch dressing at, at Slim Chicken, so cocaine I can't Cocaine is compare. a hell of a drug. It is. I'm taking Super Chicks over Slim Chicken's. But if I'm in a hurry and I want to go through a drive-through, Slim Chickens is fast. Yeah, it's affordable. It's about ten bucks a person, and I'm down. I think I think Slim Chickens was good. Who's got the best chicken sandwich in the chicken sando game? Uh probably Super Chicks right now. I think I, because of the quality of the chicken is just so good. Like you get like the way they fry it, the way they go about it. Yes, the sauce is good. Like they just put together a good sandwich. It's not it's not messy, but you have enough sauce. Like it's just good. I would say Super Chicks. I'm going to have to go Super Chicks right now. Okay. Yeah. What about... Although... Yes, go although. I liked the wrap. I really did like the wrap. Yeah, that's right. You yeah. got a wrap. It's did you have was, chicken? Huh? Was there chicken in it? Yeah, there oh, okay. was, honestly. Sinner. Um, Sinner? <laughs> every once in a while, I need a chicken strip. Shame! Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. When Jake used to play drops on the show. Bro, I played um, a lot of drops today. Potentially. Um... I got to tell you, I think there's only one competitor to Super Chicks. Shake Shack. The Shake Shack chicken sandwich is good. It is. Different, it, though. Different. That's it, like a very it's fried. It's better. It's, you don't think it's better? No, I don't think it's better. I think Super Chicks... I think Super Chicks is the best chicken sandwich. I think number two is Shake Shack, and number three, from what I've had so far, is Slim Chickens. Yeah. I think Slim Ch- I thought that Slim much Chickens Slim is a chickens. competitor to Chick-fil-A. Just to put now, this in perspective. You've never been to Canes here. I won't eat at Canes. Shame. Why is that shameful? How do you know that that's not a better chicken sandwich? Look at her trying to push you into Canes, bro. No, I'm just asking. I'm just saying that, you know. Where Okay, what are I the mean, comments saying? You, Where are we at? Yeah, what do the comments say? All right. And if someone says an Arby's, no. It's wow. not. Somebody's got anger issues. Maybe my brother was right all those years ago. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says veggie-based chicken. Mrs. Monty. Was it real chicken or fake chicken? No, there was real chicken last night. Sorry you're offended by that. Trust me when I tell you she eats meat. Okay. Eric and Raleigh says, what? I think that's hippo. I've seen it. Um, Chick-fil-A is is gross and an embarrassment to restaurants. Jesus. Good Lord. Tell me how you really feel, Eric. Uh, Giggity says, used to be a Slim Chickens by my house. Really liked it, but it was always dead and closed shop. Oh, no, really? Oh. I didn't know that. Uh, Caleb says, Slim Chickens was invented in Arkansas. So fire. I agree, it is fire. 
It is. And trust me when I say Arkansas knows how to make food. Um, Giggity says super chicks equals super expensive. But it's it is. Hard. But it is expensive, bro. But is it worth the money? Because the fries aren't there, I don't know that I can Ooh. say it is. Really? That was one of the things I was... Re- I would agree with Mrs. Monty. That was one of the things I was really pleased with. The fries were good last night. The sandwich was good. The lemonade was Where'd good. The, the place up... Oh, man. I can't remember the... We were going to go to that this place last night with the French Warren's? fries. Warren's. God. I'm so old. Warren's French fries are, are, are elite. But what else are you going to get at Warren's, though? Their chicken sandwich is not bad. I don't think their fries are elite. Like, what? Oh, oh my goodness. Are you dude, crazy? Dude. The crinkle, cut, yeah, the, dude. The, the crinkle cut fries at Warren's are not elite. Yeah, Warren's and Shake they're Shack compete. they're not like actual crinkle cut potatoes. They're like, you know, they took mashed potatoes, formed them into a crinkle shape, and then hey man, deep fried them. I don't care if they're aardvark shit. They're really good. <laughs> they, are, they, they, are, they are really good. Good. I want my French fry to look like it actually came from a potato. I don't care what it looks like. I, I want, want it. it. Yeah, I want it to taste good. Like tots. Tots is another big thing. Like I don't care what kind of tot it is. I want it to taste good. Warren's has some of the best French fries. Next to Five Guys, if you said to me, "Hey, well, where Shake do you want to get fries?" There too. Shake Shack's there too on the fry game. But Shake no. one, there's not one no. close to us. Two, they're Jake. not nearly as good as Jake, Warren's. What the- what shake shack's fries Jake. are good do you you Jake. must have forgot she forgot that's what this is you forgot they're fine they are not a highly ranked no they're not dude no what i, I agree they're I, guys I are evicted in this I, I know my fries you do yes i i would agree that i think shake shack's fries are not on par with with guess we're gonna have to warren's. get some what a shame i'm telling you warren's french fries are amazing uh, let's see. Greg Hawkins says uh, Jolly Bee has the best chicken sandwiches. We don't have Jolly Bee here. Where is Greg? Jolly Bee? Never heard of no, it. No, they're like mostly. I, I want to say they're mostly like uh, APAC. They're mostly like I, I think Japan, Philippines. Oh, is that right? I don't know that there's any Jolly Bees. That maybe. I was unaware of this fact. Uh, let's see. Caleb Harrison says I had canes last night. On principle, I can't eat at Cane's because it, it it jacked up 114th so bad. I'm screwed. For like six, eight months. Like I live a mile away from that Cane's on, in the district, at the district. And it just jacked that up so bad like you couldn't even drive past there. And it's not even just 114th, that street that it's on that goes up to Costco and takes you up to like where Max Muscle and all that other stuff is over there. Like... You couldn't even drive down that street. I try to stay calm and not curse. Like, what's going to happen when the EOS Fitness goes in over there by Costco? Are you? you do you know the traffic nightmare that's going to be? The volume of people. Come on, man. Come on. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says KFC has a solid ch- chicken sandwich. Never known that. Uh, Caleb says KFC is actually underrated. Maybe we have to try it. Haven't been to KFC in a long time. Aren't their fries one of the highest rated? And we just haven't been there in forever. We there. Yeah. One of their fries, their fries, wedge like wedge cut. Yeah, I think it was their wedge cut. Where like one of the higher rated fries when it was Friday. I think the you same. might be right. I yeah. agree, I remember that. Tom uh, Bussin, Bussin, okay, Bussin, and stuff Tom, says we love you. Tom, Tom Bus, what's up, Tom Bus? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Basilibus, Tom Basifilis. Okay, but, not but saying it's the best, but it's the most underrated chicken sandwich. Wendy's, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, they have a good sando. And you know who else has an underrated fast food chicken sandwich? The 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 uh, Burger King, like, oh, weird-shaped okay. sandwich. Yeah. The club sandwich from Burger King. 
What? <laughs> I don't know. It is. It's tasty. But I it don't is. know that we can like put that in the same arena. Like it's like rating a chicken nugget and a chicken finger. Well, like, no, I, I like, but I think that chicken you know, sandwich at at speaking of Aardvarks, that's got to be that's got to be compressed dead rat meat. That, <laughs> but it's but I'm telling you, Definitely. you throw some breading on it and in like a whole container of ghee. <laughs> And it's compressed it is, dead it's rat mayonnaise. meat. That's you what I said. Container mayonnaise. No, Bro. it's ghee. It's ghee. No, I mean, nothing. It's not. In, That's yeah. disgusting. I love it, man. I'm just telling you. <laughs> that chicken sandwich at Burger King is amazing. That, by the way, the Impossible Whopper at Burger King, not Bomb. the worst thing you've ever had. It's not. It no. isn't. NY Jazz fan says, sorry, Utah pizza is like cardboard. New York pizza is where it at. No. No. Whoa. No. Whoa. Don't you just try listen. to be no, 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 you know, We're not going down no. that rabbit hole. We're uh, not doing it. Okay. We're not doing it. We don't have right. time. We're not doing that. Can't do it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, Sonic Tots. Josh Levern says, Tots are potato turds and overrated. No. What? They're not. Potato what? turds. Good Lord. What do you mean? No. And if it's a potato turd? I love that potato turd. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is a tasty burger. You know, TJ McVeigh says five guys all the way. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Uh, John Jackson says Warren's fries bring out the kid in me. The hamburgers aren't anything to claim, though. No, No, they're not. not. No, they're not. And you know the other thing with Warren's? They take forever. Yeah, Every time you go there, it takes forever. Their shakes and their fries are worth it. Yes. Now, they're not like Hires Big H <sighs> level shakes. Man, maybe that's where we got to go this weekend. Hires, damn. Get a patty melt and a oh. shake. Whew. Yes, but we're six weeks away from beach bodies in Hawaii, man. I ain't got no beach body. You know, you know. You know. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No nudity. Uh, Giggity says, uh, I thought Jollibee is only spaghetti in a bucket. Don't you mean like cup op? Uh, Spencer Morgan says Jollibee equals Philippines. There you go. Spencer, appreciate that. Talking with Raphael podcast. Okay. Do you mean Canadian bacon or ham with your pineapple on pizza, ham and pineapple pizza? It's awesome. I, I actually don't like ham on my pizza. I like pineapple yep. and, and I'm telling you, if you're not going to Papa Murphy's and getting normal crust, barbecue sauce, cheese, mushroom, onion mix, green onions, pineapple, cheese boom you're not traeger. living life put it on the traeger you're not living i'm telling you you're you're just not living life yeah. at all yeah at all uh Jollibee, let's see greg says giggity uh get the fried chicken spaghetti and peach mango pie jesus what is that uh fast food spaghetti sounds weird at first but i swear by it giggity says there's a Jollibee in arizona too okay huh. greg what greg greg hello this thing on why are you holding out on me why are you holding out on me why haven't you told fat ass about jollibees in the past good lord why haven't you told fat ass about jollibees in the past fat. you know fat. um fat jesus says did you say you try to keep 2,000 calories a day chicken sandal with fries and ranch is about 32,000 calories <laughs> nice <laughs> nice try tubby the rock attack. hey i said i try um, usually my breakfast is oats. Mrs. Monty makes oats. Then I have a Chipotle chicken bowl at lunch. And then I'll generally have a, um, a bar or something for, I got to tell you those built bars. We went to Max Muscle in South Jordan the other day and they had these, uh, built bar, orange creamsicle puff things. God almighty. If you have not tried those things, yeah. I, I, dude. And, and I know, I think the only place that has them is that Max Muscle in South Jordan, right by Costco there. 
Go in there, ask for a girl named Kate and say, Monty said orange built bars. And they're right there. I'm telling you, it'll change your life. Yeah, they're bomb, dude. They are bomb. I am telling you, it will change your life. Yeah. Your prostate will thank you. Wow. I mean, it's so good. It it, it is. And that orange, and I'm a protein guy. That orange uh, dreamsicle thing that Bill puts out is the greatest thing I've ever had. Uh, and, And it's so good. It's 140 calories of chocolate orange greatness. I, I cannot say enough about it. Kay Nuren says, please keep your wife on the show. She makes it great. Okay. Riley O'Brien says, one question. I don't know if you guys have already answered it. Is Don's preference def- destination the Knicks? Why would they give up all those assets? They wouldn't. They wouldn't. I think his preference would be Miami right now. At some point, the Knicks. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Design My says, fry sauces as Utah as Jerry Sloan and Brigham Young. Yeah, I'm not a fry sauce guy. Mrs. Monty is a huge fry sauce guy. Well, gal, she does the DNA thing. But anyway, the point is you love you some fry sauce. I do love fry sauce. And it depends. You cannot buy store fry sauce, though. Says the lady who eats hot sauce out of a jar from Taco Bell. <laughs> Are you? Did you really just say you can't buy fry That's sauce in the different. store? That is oh. different. I said fry sauce. You can't. No. <laughs> Don't buy that mayo chup or whatever imposter fry sauce. <laughs> there is quality fry sauce, I, and then there is listen, crap. I understand that I have the wrong DNA chain to think like women think and stuff. You buy Taco Bell hot sauce at the grocery <laughs> store. You guys are idiots. And, and, and then you're ladies like, and gentlemen, hey, man. You, ladies uh, and gentlemen, hey, please. Man, you can, hey, listen. Go buy Taco I, Bell hot be, sauce because from I, the grocery store. It's delicious. Because I you have a vagina. Everything. I can make my own rules. <laughs> the vagina <laughs> rules all. It's the great suit. My vagina is the soothsayer of hot sauces. You know you buy, why? You buy Taco Bell hot sauce at Harmon's. I do. And then oh. you're going to tell me. And you can hey, like pour that on everything. Hey, look, you stupid man. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about when it comes to fry sauce. Hey guys. That's true. Look at my vagina. That to me is. <laughs> what? What? <coughs> where? Where? Where does that come from? Oh, fry sauce? No. <laughs> Wait, I'm confused. Can you like your vagina or fry sauce? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> The two don't go together. Fry sauce and oh, your contraire. No, no, no. <laughs> so <laughs> off the rails, completely off the rails, show. people. Mm-hmm. Wow. You can put fry sauce wow. on boobs, but it doesn't go on vaginas. Stop I'm gonna get medieval <laughs> Oh my god, dude. That's probably where this <laughs> show <should laughs> Now it's gone too far. It has gone way too far, people. Thanks hey, for man, coming. You're the one who said they don't it. go together. <laughs> the hell they don't. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Dude, you give me some of that, that, that Super Chicks Ranch dressing in a vagina. I'm never leaving the house. Yo, I am never leaving the house. <laughs> 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 it's been good. Please wow. do not mix your fry sauce oh. or your ranch with any See female body parts. great opportunity to <laughs> slip and splash. <laughs> yes, it does. So oh, bad. my God. <laughs> wow. I think someone, did someone tip us? I think Woo. I saw a flash. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Greg Hawkins says, Taco Bell hot sauce is fantastic. I can Thank dump you. it on everything. Get that Thank nectar you. at the grocery store because a packet don't cut it. 
Greg, we can hang out. You and I can hang out. <laughs> wow. Okie doke. Dude, what just happened, bro? Eric and Raleigh says, quote unquote, thanks for coming, Mrs. Monty. Exactly right. <laughs> Giggity says, this is the content I'm here for every day. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Design my says, your show is worth watching with your wife on it. I love domestic quarrels on the podcast. <laughs> so true. All right. Play the music because we actually do have to go. Uh, don't forget to give our good friend Debra Davis a call at Academy Mortgage. We are sending you uh, to see BYU and Notre Dame in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. All brought to you by Debra Davis at Academy Mortgage. 801-543-9666. NMLS number 278-545. An equal housing lender. And let me tell you, Debra Davis has every mortgage question that you could possibly need an answer to. Call our guy, Debra Davis. Uh, 801-543-9666. Make sure you tell him you heard it on the Monty Show. Until tomorrow. Uh, I don't know. What are we going to do? Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake. <laughs>